0: This is Ask an Expat with Marcus and Matt from An Expat's Russia, where we answer your questions about what it's like to live, work, and travel in Russia.
1: Hi, everyone. Welcome to this episode. Today, we're going to talk about the pros and cons teaching English in Russia. For me, the number one pro by far is definitely adventure. Um, It was always an adventure in Russia, just living there, teaching English also. Could be an adventure as well, but uh, Marcus, what do you think about um, adventure as a pro teaching English in Russia? My first experience in Russia,
0: um, it was not teaching; it was as a student. But I would say overall, the the adventure of not just the very different mentality, right. very different uh, climate and environment. Right. Uh, the very different language, like every di- every day, you saw something right. new, not necessarily you know good or bad, but uh, you know looking back, you, you have funny stories, and especially when you're learning Russian, you maybe say something wrong and it, or it, came, it comes out wrong, and so right. the adventure of learning a new language, exactly. coupled with a completely different environment, it really is a fast learning environment and it opens your mind. That's probably the adventure that how I would describe it. Right.
1: And I would say um, at the same time that it's just everything you do, it seems like a big accomplishment. You know, obviously there's some downs as well, but like the ups, like when you finally, I remember in the very beginning, uh, you know, I was just living in Russia, teaching English. And um, the Internet went out in my house. I had to call the Internet company. I could hardly really speak Russian, but I was able to, like, understand and get the Internet fixed. And I was so proud of myself. It was like, <laughs> I don't know, the, the biggest accomplishment of my life at the time it felt that way. So like there's always just all these little well, the, things that th- contribute to, like, the adventure aspect of living in Russia. The funny thing is that
0: the adventure comes um, like as an American, you you might go to Europe and you you could probably get by with English, right? But once you land in Russia, it's, <laughs> you you are cut off. It seems like you're cut off, right. right? So you have to figure out how to either speak Russian or or find somebody who speaks English or good enough English. You'll know the the, the shopkeepers or, yeah, or exactly. you know in your area who kind of speak English or are nice to you until you'll go. To that flower shop or that, right. you know, whatever shop it is or store. So um, that's a much different thing than going to Europe or right. or another, you know, maybe Latin America. Again, they might not know speak English, but you could potentially get by. Right. Right. But anyway, uh, the number two was uh, the number two pro for uh, teaching English in Russia is the demand for teachers is very very high and this is across the board language schools private schools uh, international schools kindergartens um, you know even some Russian state schools although rare but uh, you know you can you can find groups Um, usually like parents will be the initiators of, of those groups. Well, no, I think. Um, I think. But also, come on,
1: come on, come on. I think any Russian state school would love to have a native speaker as a teacher. I think the problem is just budget. Right. It's not that they're not looking budget, for yeah. native speakers. It's nobody's willing to work for twenty five thousand rubles a month like Russian teachers, and especially okay. outside of Moscow.
0: Right. So that would be more of a you know adventure type position and and learning. Right. Because if you were if you were just starting with with english teaching then you could approach a a state school and um you know maybe not even get paid but on a volunteer basis or, or something it would the the options are there but um it would be a good learning experience but it wouldn't be something that would pay pay very well so but the the other um you know kind of the biggest money maker would be you know private teaching and so across the board at schools but also private teaching you have a huge demand and moscow st petersburg i'm not quite sure about you know other cities across russia but um i know there is demand but the the um you know the pay would definitely
1: well, be so here's, much lower in different Here's so i see the situation i think anybody any russian with any wherewithal about thinking about their future wants to learn english of course, there. Are, I would call them even a minority that has nothing to do with English. Even the ones who don't speak any English know that they should speak English or should be trying to learn. So I think, you know, in a country of one hundred forty million people, there's at least one hundred forty people who want a hundred million people who want to learn English, or their parents want them to learn. So there's not there's never right. going to be enough teachers. I mean, you could say the same thing about China, and that goes along to the, our next point, which was salaries um, for teaching english in russia are quite lucrative especially when taking into account um, the cost of living Um, there are two different ways to make good money um, in russia the first one is either teaching some specialized form of english Um, you know you could do that through a school or universities you can make pretty decent money Um, but if you really want to make good money that's going to be teaching privately. So a lot of people get their start by coming to Russia They make kind of a measly salary teaching at a language school for six months. At the same time, they're teaching, you know, in their free time to people that they meet along the way. Um, Going back to your point about the last, about different cities in Russia and what kind of demand there would be for learning English. I think it depends. Um, I think the the demand is definitely there in any Russian city, right? The problem is how do you actually find the people who are willing to pay? Um, And I think the infrastructure is just not there yet in a lot of the other big cities, um, to be able to find, you know, mm-hmm. there's not agencies that work with wealthy people that put wealthy people in touch with English teachers and actively live for English teachers, right? So without that, it's hard to get in touch with the right, right people. So I think salaries, as long as you're willing to teach, um, you know, some freelance, you can make very good money, especially considered, especially when you consider the cost of living in Russia is quite low. Right. Um,
0: as far as the cons, um, so this, I, I would say this is a, you know, pro and a con. Number one f- con, flexibility, meaning when you're doing lessons with, you know, private people, uh, private, private lessons with families or, or children or, you know, potentially, uh, you know, executives, one-on-one lessons, basically, um, you can really state your dictate your your schedule and say, "Hey, I'm only um, you know open these days, these times." Especially when you kind of have some teaching under your belt. Right. But it goes the opposite way as well, where they can you know um, your students can dictate, "Hey, I'm only available these times." And um, if you're leaning towards more private lessons, then um, your salary can sometimes fluctuate because people get sick, people cancel, people go on vacation, you take vacation. So yes, it's, you can set your own schedule per se, but also you're, you're uh, susceptible to cancellations and you only work, make money when, when you're having the
1: lessons. Right. Well, I think the flexibility, um, it changes the more you get used to it, right? So when you first arrive in Russia, you don't know how everything works. You know, you've done some research, You start working at an English school. Um, You know, they give you lessons or they're hiring you out to go work at companies or for specific clients. They're not going to ask you. And there are two different ways. You can go and you can start working directly for a school or you can show up and kind of be a freelancer, which is kind of what I did. I worked freelance for a number of different schools. And essentially, when you don't have any work, you're going to take what you can get. And then you find out, you know, as you go, your schedule is sort of building itself out not in a way that's conducive to where you live Um, and it results in a lot of wasted time but as you as you progress and as you meet more people and you know start you know building your um, base of students that are just between you and them you know the relationship without a language school in the middle um, then you can really sort of take that flexibility from a con in the beginning and it is very much a con in the beginning into um, a positive as you as you said Um, but the next uh, con That I just want to touch on is cultural differences. Um, There's lots of cultural differences when you go to any country, um, and they probably also impact teaching English, but we just want to kind of bring up a few here. Um, I know, Marcus, you were telling me, um, you know, working with um, demanding wealthy Russians is not always easy. I fortunately never had that experience, um, but I know a lot of other people have had that experience. Um, You know, what what would you say is the hardest part um, about it? You, you,
0: well, there's this one. Um, one issue is that. Um, so let's say you're working for you know, you have one-on-one lessons with, whoever it is, an adult or a child, um, and you're going through you you're going through some kind of language school. And this you mentioned this in another video. If they're paying. 6,000 rubles per hour, and you're actually getting 3,000 rubles. You are, you are thinking, Man, is this really worth it for 3,000 rubles per hour? Right. And that's... the client is thinking, Wow, this guy, I'm paying 6,000 rubles, he should be doing this, he should and, be this bending and this over backwards. And so th- the expectations are way off. Yeah, right?
1: that's, that's a great point and so, you say 6000 and 3000 but i will tell you from my personal experience i was working somewhere they the person was paying 7000 and i was taking two you know like this giant chunk of money um, in between and, and and you're right it it certainly sets completely different different expectations so, for both parties
0: so when we when we talk about you know demanding that's number 1 usually where the demand comes the demanding client comes from but overall um, you know to get a private tutor for example, for your kid, it isn't cheap because you um, you don't want to go across town for a thousand rubles, right? So you, you're going to have to charge you know a, a good amount of ta- uh, a good amount just to get to the person's um, location. So again, the client isn't looking at how long it takes you to get there. They're just looking at the time that you spend, at their at their house or office or whatever so again they're saying you know i pay you five thousand rubles for an hour but in your mind you're thinking well it takes me 45 minutes to get there 45 minutes to get home and so again the expectations
1: are are high from the client side due to those factors right um well i think one of the other cultural differences that i experienced and i'd be interested to hear your experience we never never talked about this but Russian students have a a different um, sort of attitude towards teachers than I think we do in Western countries, in Western Europe and the United States specifically. Um, Much different. Much different. So like, I found that a lot of students, they just want some boring, plain explanation. And that's what all they always got. Or they really want some, you know, like energetic explanation, but they don't actually know what to do with that because they've never had that. It turns into just kind of like a game. Um, and I've sometimes found it difficult to find a balance when you're teaching. Um, and definitely parents have very different expectations about what a teacher should be doing with students than, say, an American parent. Yes. And so the, just these small cultural differences, they seem insignificant, but they they really do um, impact the way that, you know, you teach and, and people perceive your teaching.
0: I would say that... Um you know, parents typically want, so Russian student, Russian kids or, you know, younger students um, are typically, it's funny, you have this, uh, I've had this uh, shown to me several times by students, they'll say, they'll do this like motion with their hands and, and they, in Russian it's called krutit g- uh, gaiki," uh-huh. meaning to like turn, turn the, the bolt or turn the, or turn the, um, the screw. Uh, meaning you have to be tough with the student and so for in the US right. you're thinking "Oh, I'm gonna inspire this kid we're gonna have a good time and he'll want to right. learn and in Russia it's like you have to make him learn right, right. and uh, so this expectation from parents is is definitely a, a different approach that you know most Westerners aren't used to like you have to make him sit down and, and really discipline him and the discipline Uh, should come from the teacher in the, in the parents. Right. Exactly. And when, when the students acting out, you're thinking, okay, what do I do? Right. You know, you can't like, can't like threaten
1: the student. Right. Well, a Russian (laughs) school teacher certainly would. (laughs) So, I mean, yeah. (laughs) So that's, that's kind of the end of cultural differences. There are lots of other little things that you'll come across, but the last con that we had on our list was climate. And I don't think we need to do a lot of discussion about this, but, Um, The climate has a big impact actually on teaching English, especially because you're going to be traveling to and from, you know, where you live to the school or to clients. Um, And in the winter, if you're not used to that, it can be intense for some people. I grew up in Maine in the United States, and it was uh, colder there than it ever was in Moscow for the most part. Um, So it wasn't a big deal Mm -hmm. for me, but I know lots of people come from Florida or Southern California and they're in for a rude awakening. Uh, sometimes they
0: they really miss the sun. I had I had a couple of teachers from California. Yeah. I mean they they bought a sun lamp, and I had never heard of that before then. But they bought a sun lamp, and <laughs> and uh, I'm from Oregon, where it's you know just mild and rainy. So I didn't really mind the cold that much. Yeah, I didn't I mean, either. Just bundled up and kind of went my way. But trudging through snow when when you know freshly fallen snow when it's when it snows in moscow uh, uh, several days in a row and they don't quite keep up with with um cleaning if you're walking from the metro station to a student's house and it takes 15 you know 10 to 15 minutes that can be and you're going there you know both ways i one time calculated how much time i had i had spent walking like 15 minutes from student, you know, one to their house and back. That's well, 30 so minutes. I think, and then I had like four students. Well, I think so. what's,
1: what makes it really hard. I remember, I'll never forget this. I was teaching on, in St. Petersburg on Vasilostrovsky Ostrov, And they, the school that sent me there was like, oh, it's only, you know, like five minutes from the Metro. Well, maybe if there weren't any fences around the mosque, around the Metro station and whatnot, right on the map, you're like, ah, oh, it looks close. <laughs> But when you get there, you know, there's obstacles all around and you can't actually walk from point A to point B directly. you got to go all around, the way around, you know.
0: Complexes. There wasn't
1: such a problem when the weather was nice. But I will tell you in St. Petersburg, it rains all the time or it's snowy and icy. And it was it was terrible, right? Because if you have to walk 15 minutes at 8 in the morning and the, it looks like an ice rink, it's just it's just not fun. Like, it definitely ruins your day. Um, and then you, gotta, you, you, you finish the lessons to learn and how you have to, to do it again. You definitely learn how to walk
0: on ice. Like you do that walk like where you, walk. you don't, you don't, uh, you don't walk like, you know, a normal walk where your heel is getting, you're picking up your heel. You walk kind of yeah like yeah, yeah you just, straight because yeah, like you don't want to slip. Like a penguin. You just kind of
1: like <laughs> slide your feet. But um, yeah, so those are kind of the pros and the cons of, of teaching English in Russia. We had a fantastic experience. Yeah, let's, let's, let's
0: recap. I just wanted to mention one more thing. So the pros Um, of teaching in Russia is uh, our adventure, demand for teachers, and salary. And the one thing I wanted to mention about salary I forgot is um, there are few places, few industries where if you're coming in at an entry level teaching English, like a language school, you you make I don't know, 50,000 rubles. You sign a contract for six, nine months and after you know taking on private students, you can you can start making you know three hundred thousand rubles after just six months to a year, and um, I was surprised how much you know private students would actually pay. So sal- when the when it comes to the pro about salary, I would say it ranges you know from fifty thousand to four hundred even five hundred thousand depending on what what kind of clients you have. And then the three cons we mentioned were flexibility, um, cultural difference, or lack
1: thereof, cultural differences, and the climate. Right. So let us know in the comments if you can think of other pros or cons teaching English in Russia. We'll see you in another video. This was Ask an Expat with Marcus and Matt from An Expat Russia. We hope you enjoyed the video. And if you have a question about Russia, let us know in the comments. We'll answer it in another video.